Warning, the following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, you goddamn fantastic people, and welcome to the podcast, Movie Reviews in 20 Cues, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I'm your host, Sam, and I am joined by a couple of people who will probably snap if they don't get their breakfast at 11.33am, first of which is Liz. How are you going, Liz? That's a literally accurate statement, and that I got really angry one day at McDonald's when that was 10.33, and they would not give me pancakes. <laughs> Partly I worked there, so I was like, come on, you stupid cow, Like, just give me the breakfast. You know that I know that it's just a microwave thing. Yeah. Fucking hell, I bet you did. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? <laughs> Yeah, like literally, that was me. I was just like, come on, man, like, like, just hook me up. <laughs> I demand to see the manager. <laughs> the other person I'm joined by, Kahu. How are you going, Kahu? Um, I'm pretty well. Got my wordle on the third try today, so I'm pretty happy. Oh, mood. same. Did you? Yeah. Nice. Nailed it. <laughs> I haven't even tried. But anyway, we aren't here to talk about wordle. We're here to talk about the 1993 film be. Falling Down. Has a score of 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 75% Rotten Tomatoes, 56% on Metacritic. Stars Michael Douglas, Robert Duvall, and a whole bunch of fucking no ones. It's got the woman out of Total Recall. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, it's got the detective. Shit, that's right. Look, Kahu, if it's not Sharon Stone, I don't care, okay? She's the only important one out of Total Recall as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and the free-breasted woman, of course. But uh, falling down. Interested to see what you guys think, because this kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I know you've been pushing to do this for a while, Kahu. Yeah, when I first watched this movie, I was I was pretty into it, so we'll, we'll see how this goes. Interesting. We'll see how this goes. If you haven't heard this podcast before, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. We start with 10 that can be applied to any film. We then move through three personal questions each that we thought of while we were watching this film before finally finishing on a Patreon question. And the one we always start with, compliment sandwich. One thing good, one thing bad, and one thing good about this film. If we liked it, or we go the other way around if we didn't. So, Liz, why don't you start us off? What's your, what's your sandwich? All right. Well, I'd like to start off by saying... I have seen this movie before. Wow. Yep. <laughs> is, that, is that your first good thing? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I felt like it needed to be acknowledged early because Sam is always giving me shit about never having seen any movies. I've seen this movie and I actually remembered little bits. So, woo. Okay. So anyway, on to my actual um, answer. My first good thing is that I really got a – a definite airy, stressful feel from the cinematography. Like you could really see they were trying to make you feel uncomfortable and put you into that world of just how everything was just not great. And it really came through and like the brightness of the colors in the whammy burger or just the the switching between the different irritating things when he's at the start, like all of those things. I just thought it was all really well done and made me, made me uncomfortable. So I thought that was great. I'll agree with that and um, that the – Color palette certainly made you feel hot and sweaty, but yeah. the characters did in this. It was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was impressed by that. My bad thing was that I felt that Prendergast's wife was a bit ridiculous. Like, I felt like her acting wasn't very good. I didn't like the writing for the character, etc. So, I mean, I definitely think that she needed to be there, but I think they could have, like, handled her character differently. My bad thing was the side characters become walking cliches, so I'm just throwing that out there while this is mentioning it now. And she was a great example. Like, quite a lot of them just become... Walking cliches, and it's no surprise that none of these side characters went on to have much of a career. Yeah, and she she was a bit of a a trope in that in the whole kind of mental illness side of things, and and how that mm. was kind of dealt with in the film. Yep. Yeah, 
Yeah. And my final good thing was I really liked the juxtaposition of defense and Prendergast situations. I felt like that was such a strong way to tell the story and, and show that message without making it really in your face, like as in like not someone actually explaining anything. Mm. I thought that I really liked that. God damn so, it, Liz. Um, fucking stealing my answer. My, my final good thing was it juggles the plots of its trek home, Prendergast retiring, and then the his ex-wife being terrified. I like the way it just cycled between them in a, like, a way that kept the pacing up, but at the same time enough to develop the story. Well done, Liz. Well, there you go. Shouldn't wow. let me go first. <laughs> I am giving this movie 7,275 rocket launches. Not bad, but it was just hard to watch because it was so depressing and inflammatory. Yeah, mm, absolutely. Yeah. It actually was hard for me to work out what I didn't like about it other than it just I didn't like it because it made me feel icky. Yeah, yeah, which is, <laughs> like, I suppose it's his intention, really. Which but, is its yeah. point, exactly. Yeah. So you can't really say that's a bad thing about it because that's the point of it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's not a not a film to feel comfortable with, with the outcome at the end. No. Nah. nah. What about you, bro? My first good thing is the final confrontation between Prendergast and Defense. I thought that was just great, you know, two real top-of-the-game actors doing their thing and I think the fact that they didn't actually meet until right at the end of the movie just made that tension build until they did so I thought that was that was really good and thought they did it well because typically like films like this they'll have one meeting between each other and then a train will split them up or one of them will get away or you know the other Mm. one will be left for dead Mm. and you're just like oh fuck off like (laughs) yeah yeah just purely for plot purposes yeah yeah Yeah. second good thing is the raking critique of the American dream um, Whoa! I I, th- I thought it was great. You know, they they made sure that was a theme really early, where there was a a shot of an American flag on the side of a bus. Uh, defense commentary throughout the movie as he interacts with different side characters is all about that too. On the flip side, and I was going to put another bad thing here, but I'll just go with this. I think they probably could have taken that a little bit further um, to give a little bit more weight to the film. Yeah, but. Not quite an 8,000, but I'm going 7,900 rocket launches. Not bad. I'm with you there. And my other good thing was basically that Robert Duvall and um, Michael Douglas rock. Mm. You know, like it was, it was going to be juxtaposed against the fact that the side characters were kind of, I don't know, walking cliches. But the, the two of them, man, they fucking own this. Like I, I, me and Stacey watched it and halfway through I said to Stacey, man, I miss Robert Duvall. And she went, who's that? <laughs> He's still alive, isn't he? Yeah, but I mean, like, acting in roles like this, like, really flexing his shit like he did in Godfather and films like this and stuff. So that was it. The only other sort of negative I had is that it sort of makes its point, and then for the last half an hour, it starts dragging its point out, and I feel like that last half an hour, I was like, oh, come on, you know? Yeah. Like, get to the conclusion a little bit. There was a little bit of that. It does take a long time to get to the other side of the city, doesn't it? Pretty epic journey. Yeah. Pretty fucking epic journey. Uh, but even still, like I'm, I'm up there as well. I'm about seven thousand nine hundred ninety-seven, mm. maybe eight thousand two tomorrow. I don't know. I got to sleep on it. Got to be very. <laughs> maybe even by the end of this podcast. Mm. The it, the themes date well. Yeah, it was going to be one of my questions of: Do you think this film's ahead of its time? But even then, when I started looking at the likes of Taxi Driver and other films like that, I was like, it's it's always been this sort of like unhinged character that's sort of saying stuff about society. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always been those types of films. So. Anywho, that moves us over to our quickfire round, which is three questions that we answer pretty quickly. First of which is, which character from this film would you guys definitely not get to house at your house? There's some good options in this film, too. There's some amazing options! Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going with uh, Amanda Prendergast. I just think she's she's just a bit loose and would forget a lot of things. Probably just doesn't she would definitely clean not up your house and plants. always need help with stuff. <laughs> yeah, 
Your houseplants would be dead within a week. Yeah. Or she'd always complain about it and all of that. Yeah. Totally. I, I just love that in a in a film which has a gun hoarding Nazi. Hey, hold got, on. You haven't given me my chance to go. Well, that, well of course I haven't. Are you going to take him? Please say somebody's yes. going to take him. Thank God. I'm going with the gun hoarding neo Nazi. Yeah. In that he wouldn't like my literature because I am quite, as some of you regular listeners may know, a bit of a feminist. He also wouldn't like my neighbours who are not all white. Uh, he would not support my hobbies because I like to sew. So he might smash up my sewing machine and he wouldn't keep my garden looking nice because he wouldn't agree with gardening either. Like, I just don't think he'd really take the importance of house sitting my house on board. Absolutely. As someone who has friends in a lot of communities that he hates, yeah, um, that's why I was like, it's obviously him. Yeah. To the point that he's like too obvious. So I was like, him and defense are probably too obvious. And then I'm like, is there a character in this film that I would get to house sit my house? And the only one I could come up with is potentially Prendergast's, you know, cop partner. And then I was like, after that, it's like the guy that looks after the mansion that was just having a barbecue of his family. Like, I get that. You know, if you're house in my house, I don't care if you have a barbecue of your family. You're not throwing a fucking massive rager and having like coke-fueled orgies and prostitutes falling all over the place. So to be honest, he's probably the best person there. Yeah. Next question. What quote from this film would be the worst thing to hear straight after you finish having sex? Aren't you ashamed of yourself? No, 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 no. We're answering with quotes from this film, Liz, not stuff that Stacey's told me, okay? <laughs> Fucking hell. Funnily enough, it fits both categories, Sam. It does. It absolutely yeah. does. What about you, Kathy? I'm bleeding like a stuck pig. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, we're past the point of no return. I think by the end of sex, you would hope you're past the point of no return. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Like, surely you're at your destination. Well, I mean, uh, it depends if you're referring to 10 months' time, I guess. <laughs> True. Oh, yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. That's a good cool, point. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, my one is well, anybody that knows me knows that I wear hats quite a lot because once you've been sunburnt on your head and face, you soon realize how much that part of your body's, the skin on that part of your body moves around. It's pretty fucking gnarly. So I'm going to go with the one where he confronts the rich guy on the golf course and he goes, And you're going to die wearing that stupid little hat. How does it feel? <laughs> how brutal was that scene? Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. ridiculous. My final one was, what am I, dog vomit? <laughs> <laughs> Great lines in this. Yeah. Pretty ruthless. Final quick fire. what's something in this film that you guys noticed that you don't think other people might have immediately noticed? Does nobody do any maintenance on this pier? Like, he just fell straight through the rails. <laughs> like, like massive chunks of wood and he just goes straight through. Okay. Lucky nice. the lucky the poor little girl didn't just lean up against that. I don't know if you know about the kicking power of a pistol <laughs> yeah. or a revolver that police use, but powerful stuff. This is LA or whatever. They should be prepared for that. Well, everything's broken in LA. Look oh. at it. Clearly from this movie. Yeah. The thing I noticed was that Coke must have paid for product placement mm. because they only show... The two, like Diet Coke or Coke in the fridge, and he takes the moment to really push it against his head and be like, oh my God, this is amazing. So refreshing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Whereas I don't think that they could have got like McDonald's to do product placement, and that's why they went for a fake burger company because they literally point out how the burger looks like shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Although he does say that the Coke is only worth 50 cents, not 85 cents. So. Yeah, but he's <laughs> indicting the shopkeeper for being a ripoff merchant. He's not indicting the, yeah, the that's company. That's true. That's mm, true. Yeah. Better to be racist than. Yeah, you know, a corporate yes, don't, down. Don't yeah. rip on the capitalism, man. Yeah, Capitalism's yeah. everything. Exactly. 
the one for me is, listeners, if you're of the younger variety, like 30 or under, you'll probably think to yourself that most marketing is done via, you know, going viral and internets, basically, you know, like that's, that's marketing. But did you guys notice the marketing for Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back? <laughs> yes. uh, Sarah noticed that. The giant ass. Yeah, there yeah. There was yep. this giant ass. And I, and I mean like yeah. giant. Like it took up the entirety of a shop frontage. It was like a giant, I don't know what fucking yeah. what it was made out of. Like, And it was clearly an ass because I was like, why is there a giant ass in the background? I was like, is that meant to be a peach or something? Yeah. And then it was like Sir Mix-a-Lot. And I was like, oh, no. No, yeah. was meant to be an the ass. size of a building, like literally the like a single story <laughs> width and height ass in the background with Sue McSlot over the top. I was like, that's amazing. Quality. <laughs> that's amazing. The only other one that I don't think people might not have immediately noticed is that the street that he blows up with the rocket launcher is also a street that they go down during speed on the bus. Ah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Is it just like a, a movie street or? Nah, I just, I, fuck no, I don't know. The easiest do. one to close, maybe. Easiest one yeah. to close. Kahu yeah. yeah. didn't notice it because he was sitting there going, I hate this movie <laughs> during speed. True, exactly. Get and me not out of this. attention to a good movie. I mean, if I just wanted to watch a movie about buses driving around, I'd just go look out the window. Well, okay. at our great bus service, we have one every half an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty crazy, shit movie, Crazy Kahu. drivers, yeah. That's true. Moves us over to the first of our Patreon questions. This question comes courtesy of our man, Dave Baker. Dave has his own Patreon as well at patreon.com forward slash your favorite. On it, he posts a ton of awesome content, YouTube recommendations, essays on Medium, a whole bunch of good stuff. There's a link down in the show notes. Go check it out. Anywho, his question this week is what, Liz? All right. He'd like to know what character would have the biggest social media presence and on what platform? I'm just getting in ahead of Kahu and Liz. Nazi dude on 4chan. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. so obvious. Ooh, he's no, been no. kicked off Facebook, and now he's on to 4chan. Yeah. I'm, I'm going with Detective Keen, who's that douchebag cop that Prendergast beats into the cake. Um, had, <laughs> I was going to say he'd be on Instagram, but I reckon he'd be all over the LAPD intranet, just like posing with dudes that he's arrested on the ground. And oh, he'd yeah. be like, yeah, I'm the, you know, the alpha cop, you know, look at me. Yeah. Look at yeah, me yeah. policing. Yeah. He's all up into himself. I thought of both of those, but then I've decided actually it's going to be Prendergast's wife and it's going to be her and her cat. She's going to be taking photos of her cat wearing little cute hats and stuff and it's going to be massive on Instagram. It'd totally be train wreck Instagram, right? Yeah. You go on there just to laugh at these yeah, cat yeah, yeah. And yeah. fucking woman, right? <laughs> and she'd think she's popular because of... What was the cat's yeah. name? It was like Mr. Tipples or Mr... Yeah, something like that. Pickles Probably. or something. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. think the cat's been credited, so I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe it should have been. Starring, Animal rights. Starring Mr. Tickles as Mr. Tickles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, funny you say that. It's James Keane as Detective Keane. Mm, ah, he was so dumb, he couldn't even respond <laughs> yeah, to a yeah, different yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. You sometimes wonder that about actors, eh? When they're like, you know. The director can't direct them, so they just call them by their name. <laughs> well, like Terry Crews in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I always yeah. wonder why his character's called Terry. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, come on, Terry. You could manage if your name was something else. Anywho, next of our Patreon questions comes courtesy of our amazing friend Emily Higgins of the Tasteless Podcast, a podcast which compares two films. One that is overrated, in her opinion, or way more popular than it should be. She compares that to a film that she thinks is underrated, doesn't get the love it deserves, should have been nominated for awards, all that sort of good stuff. Anywho, what is her question, Kahu? Yeah, thanks, Emily. Uh, it is, what movie would you watch with this as a double feature? I'm getting in ahead of Kahu because I knew he was going to put Office oh, Space, so I put Office Space. That's why I made Kahu <laughs> ask this question. Because <laughs> nice. what other film is more indicting of the American dream than Office Space, right? Yeah. 
But how the two films go in different directions to prove their point. Talking about Patreons, we've just released an episode on Hudsucker Proxy in which we talk about Office Space on that. And I made the joke that if you wanted to play a movie reviews and 20 Qs drinking game, you should down a bottle of vodka every time you hear us mention Office Space. <laughs> Pops up every third or fourth episode. So yeah, there you go. There's a fun night in. I went along the same sort of vein, but I, I focused more on like the mental health aspect. So um, I just feel like this movie was so stressful that I wanted to put it with something that was less stressful and ended up a bit nicer. So I've gone with Goodwill Hunting. Oh, yeah. I feel like he starts out with, you know, some shitty situation, but he kind of turns it around and makes things work for himself. Healthy handling of trauma and stress as opposed to this guy. Yep. Yeah, yes. makes sense. Okay, question number seven. What was the biggest dick move in this film? I feel like we need to rule out the most obvious ones, but I mean, everything's the most obvious. Like, I don't... <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like everything defense does is a dick move. Everything the Nazi guy does is a dick move. Yeah. But then you're left with almost nothing in the entire film, right? No, there's so much more. There is so much more. Oh, yeah, that's true, actually. Okay, so are we banning anything to do with defense or Nazi guy? We can. If you've got an awesome one that you don't feel we're going to talk about, bring it up. But by all means, yeah, just... Oh, actually, I was going to say him getting angry over the price of the Coke and, like, smashing up a store because he disagreed over 35 (laughs) cents. (laughs) But then that he wouldn't have enough shit. change to make a phone call, Liz. <laughs> well, then pick something that's cheaper, dick. <laughs> but then she was what engaged anyway on the phone, so he yeah, lost his exactly. money anyway. Yeah, quality. Oh, funny. And she didn't want to hear from him anyway, so how about you don't make the phone call at all? He just called her up and deep breathed. Yeah. Just imagine yeah. you did it, dum-dum. Did it much, you. <laughs> okay, if I wasn't going to do defense, it's got to be the cops when they put sand in his desk. Like, who has to clean that up? Not, not him. The cleaners don't want to have to deal with leaving. that. Exactly. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. Bitch, 99% of really the stuff selfish. in there he doesn't give a flying fuck about. He's just like, fuck, I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, oh, no, my on, pen. Dicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Very good joke. Do I have to keep pretending to find this funny for another minute? Yeah. <laughs> for me, it's his boss, Captain Yardley, being a total asshole on his last day. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, it's his last day. Sure, you don't like him. I don't know why. He seems likable enough. But just, you know, keep your shit to yourself for one day and then, you know, it's fine. And it's, then it's and then at the end, he tries to take the credit as if, like, he's this great boss for Prendergast. Yeah. But Fuck you very much, guy. Captain Yardley. Yeah. 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 Fuck you. Fuck you very much. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> but, like, the thing is, like, he doesn't even know who he is. That's yeah. the ruthless part. He's like, oh, oh how's God. your kid? He's like, oh, my kid died, like, many, many years ago. You're still married, aren't you? It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Like, that was like, ruthless Clearly, ass. people in the office knew each other. So it wasn't like some huge faceless office where he was like, look, I've got 125 minions. I can't be expected to know the minutiae of your lives. Yeah. Like, he knew the guy. So Especially yeah. when they're both old. So they've probably been in the precinct for like 30 years or something together. Yeah. yeah. The, the other one was the, yeah, that guy you mentioned getting, like, making a comment about his wife when he was going out to finish a crime. Oh. You know? Like, oh, yeah. Such a what wanker. What a wanker. What a fucking asshole. <laughs> Anywho, next one is also a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of Julio of the Contrarians podcast, a podcast which rages against the Rotten Tomatoes machine by arguing why a poorly reviewed film is awesome or vice versa. Go check them out. Awesome show. Love their work. Anyway, what's his question, Liz? Uh, his question is, what's your most controversial opinion about this movie? I, I think it's that Prendergast is actually looking for an action-packed final day. And it's kind of revealing in the final scene when he actually screams at him, let's go, as, as they're kind of counting down. Like, <laughs> That's true. As if he's yeah, wanting yeah. it to be some kind of confrontation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, you've lived your life doing exciting, scary things. It must be weird to be like, okay, well, um, see ya. Well, something and went wrong, been... didn't it? Isn't that why he's behind the desk? Didn't something go wrong and he 
decided. Well, once they lost the child, she got so upset and and she was too anxious, so he pulled back. But I can see he probably misses it still. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. Once yeah, it's in your sense. blood. And like the guy even said it's in your blood, yeah. Yeah and, yeah, and like right at the end in the final scene, doesn't it allude to him not actually retiring? Or yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a bit weird. My my one is that um, defense's ex wife is a complete moron, and I, I've got okay. a good justification for this. He calls up and starts threatening her. So what does she do? Hangs around the house. Yeah, yeah. Stays there all day, and then and then and then, right at the end when he does show up, he she takes the kid. To his favorite to part one of town, place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the one place he would think to look for. It. I was like, one literally, place. go a hundred meters down the beach. He'll never find you. No, yeah. get really in a taxi. Go to the other side of fucking town. Get go the to fuck the out movies. of these. Go to the police Anything. station. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. Don't go to the end of a pier where he can corner you. Yeah. Yeah. What so dumb. a muppet! Plot convenience. Well. I would say that this movie shows how pathetic the argument is that women are more emotional because he absolutely loses the plot over a bunch of stuff that is really not enough to go and like shoot up a store or whatever, you know, like you've lost your job. Well, that sucks, but go and get a new one. Your wife's left you. Well, then stop being such a dick and she might want to have you around. I just think he throws everything way out of proportion and can't just cope with things and stresses in a reasonable way. Shout out to 14-year-old me who, in a physical education class, they were getting us to walk to one side of the room if we agree with the statement or not. So one of the questions was, if you agree with the statement, go to the other side of the room. It was like, women are more emotional than men, and the entire class walked to the other side of the room except for me. Uh, and, then, and, yeah. then our, and then our physical education teacher looked at me and goes, what the hell are you doing? Do you really think men are as, as emotional as women? I go, yeah, we're just like emotional in different ways. Like women might cry and scream, but men get real angry and all that sort of stuff. And then the whole rest of the class came back to my side. Oh, nice. It was like my defiant moment. And she was like, no, you've made a good point. Wow. And I walked out of there like a hero. I thought I was the man. What a weird question to be asked in PE. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> New Zealand schooling, man. <laughs> Fuck the shit that we used to do. was fucking Indoctrinating you into that bullshit, fragile masculinity bit of, oh, men shouldn't be crying. Heaven forbid you have a hard day. And, like, I'm not saying he shouldn't have been upset by this shit, but... Handle it in a healthy way, you dick. Come on. Uh, let's move over to question number nine, which is also a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of our man Dan Brennick of Netflix and Swill. Podcast covers all things Netflix related. So if it's a new release or trailers or news and all that sort of stuff, go over there. They're your one-stop shop for everything. I was over there recently talking about Witcher Season 2. Had an awesome time. And his partner, Ashley, she's awesome as well. She does the Rabbit Ears TV podcast, and I was on there talking about Jessica Jones Season 2. So there's a mix of Netflix and uh, Ashley's show as well. So anywho, his question is what, Kahu? Yeah, thanks, Dan. It is, who was the true MVP of the movie? And if it can't be the main character, I guess we're taking out Defense and Prendergast. Yeah, we'll take yeah. out those two. Yeah. So that's where I'm going to go with Prendergast's partner, who takes a bullet, yeah. slows him down. Yeah. You know, she's a legend. Like She's the only one that's there supporting him. Although I've got to say it's pretty funny. I don't know if you guys saw this. Maybe this is something I noticed that a lot of people immediately noticed. But cracked up when she took a bullet. Laughed my head off because he comes round and he's like tending to her. And then there's a dog sitting there and he goes, 
somebody get an ambulance. And I was like, who, the dog? (laughs) (laughs) There's no one around you. And then I noticed there was the two kids over the other side of the fence looking at them. But I hadn't seen them. I was like, is he talking to the fucking dog? I didn't see the dog, but I had the same thought. I was like, "Uh, there is no one. Like, what are you doing? And then, yeah, saw the kids, which is pretty funny. I agree. Surely everyone agrees. Kahu, you should agree. It is Detective Sandra Torres. She was the only one that listened to him, and she was just constantly putting up with shit and just getting her job done and being professional. Yeah, I I had her as well. Um, Yeah, for that same reason. uh, Can't have been easy working in the LAPD as a female officer in the early 90s. But she was a goddamn professional. She was amazing. Like, just about every scene she was in, she was dealing with some kind of alpha male shit. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. And she was just slowly trying to get them to realise that they were being alpha males as well, like um, with Prendergast, you know, trying to – although she didn't support him around his – leaving for his wife, but then she didn't know the full story. Mm. So, yeah, you could sort of see what she was trying to do there. But um, otherwise, she was trying to, you know, make them be a bit more reasonable. So good on her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good on her. As much as I love Sharon Stone, I do love Rachel Tacoten. She's cool as well. So (laughs) just better throw that out there. Anywho, let's make a return. One of our old favorite questions. How long would you guys survive in this movie's world? Yeah, look, he would have murdered me at the Whammy Burger because I would have (laughs) Stood up from where I was eating my meal, because I would absolutely be in there eating, and I'd tell him to calm his tits and quit with the entitled attitude. Honestly, listeners, chuck down a dollar on which one of me and Liz would get wiped out first, because it'd probably be a fucking pretty close race. So <laughs> which one of us would get murdered by this dude first? Did you work out where you would be, though? I'm pretty sure mine's the whammy burger. I'd be the civil worker that's like, hey, we're just fixing the street, man. Fucking leave me oh, alone. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's, yeah, because he was such yeah. a wisecracking dick. Yeah. That's absolutely you. Yeah, yeah. it would be me. Well, <laughs> the smug shit that had the sign up, you know, when he went to walk down the pathway and he's like, you can't walk here, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be me. I think because defense is so volatile too as to how he interprets anything you say yeah. to him. Like yeah. There was the, yes. the, uh, the housekeeper guy and his family and said something about him being taken hostage instead, like as a, you know, a gesture to get rid of his family. And defense was just yeah. like, what? How fucking dare you suggest I might try and hurt your daughter who I'm gripping onto with, you know, my bloody hand Yeah, yeah. The first person I grab while holding a shotgun. Yeah, yeah. How dare you suggest that I want to fucking take her hostage? Yeah, yeah. Um, So what about you, Kahu? I mean, it all depends a lot on if you stay out of his way, isn't it? But, I mean, I, I think everybody in this world would eventually die of, like, lung cancer or something because, man, just the whole place looks real. Shitty to breathe in. Smoggy mm. as fuck. Yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah. What a what a place. What a place to live. Living the dream. So Kahu will outlive us all then. Probably. There we go. Yeah, absolutely. I think the heat would get to me first, to be honest. I would be shitty mm. as fuck to him. Yeah, I, th- I think I'd lose my shit just with so much concrete around. So like- yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I could see that. Even even the park that he ends up in when he's like, you know, gets accosted by those Mexican gangsters. It's just like... It's just nothing. Would we call that a park? It's just rubble. It's supposed to be, but it's just like with a bit of concrete shit here and there and just rubble. It was fucking, what a hole. I assumed it was just like a construction site gone, you know, that someone had been abandoned. Yeah, like someone a leftover site, eh? Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. a shithole anyway. Los Angeles. What a place. City mm-hmm. of dreams. Sure. Anywho, uh, Liz, on to your personal questions. All right. Let's kick off with question 11. Are we meant to have sympathy for defense? I am going to controversially say yes, but in a way that it's like 1% sympathy, 99%, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like, he he just responds in the worst way possible 
to a situation. Like he needs mental help more than anything. Yeah, I think we are to feel sympathy for him, but it's it's that it's that whole thing about you know would you go as far as he would or or like it makes you question how you would react to those kind of everyday situations that pile up on top of each other. Yeah, like no way condoning his actions at all, but at the same time going okay, he's clearly fucking needs help. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when I, I read up on the movie, um, it seemed pretty clear that that's how it was meant to be portrayed. But I just found it really hard to have any sympathy for him, even in those situations, because he was he had such cognitive dissonance about so much of it. Like mm. when he was getting angry at his wife, not you know hanging out, the, and then he watches the video where he's getting angry at her on the pier on on her birthday or whatever, and he just goes, "Oh, she'll be at the pier," not, "Oh, wow, I'm such a dick in this video," <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah. Maybe I should have a think about my actions. Like he never does that. And with all these, everything he does, he's just, just so separated from his own, pers- you know, from like the actual reality. I just thought, no, you're just a complete twat. Yeah. He doesn't have any understanding of how his actions affect others, does he? Or self awareness. Like, yeah. and, and yeah. even then when we see the moments, like you're talking about the daughter, how he was just like, why would you think I want to kidnap her? It's just like, and then he has this like fleeting moment where you think, oh, fuck, he's worked out. What the fuck am I doing? You know, like mm. usually the villain, because this is this is a villain's so. movie. He's not an antihero. He's not a you know anything like that. Usually with the villain, you get that moment of like the what the fuck have I done? Mm. This you don't. Mm-hmm. No, well he does go. Am I the bad guy? Oh yeah, he does. Wait, he does. He has that. But at the even end. then, I think he's not really. You know, like he's not really understanding exactly why he is. No, the he's just asking questions. Liz. He's just asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that really got me irritated with that was when he was in the store with a neo-Nazi and the neo-Nazi was being really horrible to the queer guys. And like he just was standing there and like not saying anything and he didn't get upset and actually aggro until the guy accused him of being one of them. And yeah. I was like, oh, so you don't give a shit about anybody else. Mm. It's just how you're impacted. Yeah. Okay, cool. So my question 12, which I feel like we've, touched on how um hard and tough it seemed to be in that in that world i'm wondering do you think it was worse living then than it is compared to now so taringa's got a real terrible roadworks problem at the moment <laughs> like every, where is this going to go everywhere yeah that's what i was referring to everywhere, the roadworks but um housing prices as well are pretty yeah. astronomical um and there's quite a lot of uh like roadworks and bad traffic and stuff shown in this movie i mean it's la you know and um, but there's one particular scene just before he he fires off his bazooka, and it's got like a it's got this traffic cue that is has like all these right angles in it, and I'm just like that's so shitty, you know. We we manage stuff a lot better now, even though if it still sucks. Well, thank God for city planning improving like <laughs> yeah. our quality of life. Don't get us going, Liz. Yeah. Don't get us going. <laughs> it's because the roads that don't need to be fixed. I suppose from my perspective, I mean, yeah, there was benefits to both to different times and if you think oh mm. great here comes sam classically riding <laughs> riding the fence again yeah you're <laughs> right i mean like the thing is like with modern advances in science and medicine and all that sort of stuff you can't rule them out plus the fact that you know like the internet has provided us with all this information that's at our fingertips whereas back then you you know lived in a different time and place where you didn't have that you know like this entertainment perspective there's so much more out there you're not fucking vhsing or anything you know but i don't know it depends on how you look at it like overall i feel like nowadays is better but at the same time we've got probably more problematic things facing us than they might have back then that's that's an interesting point actually because 
you know, say back then, people like Defens wouldn't have anybody to talk to about any of his issues, and he just like lets it all out. Whereas today, you know, people do all that crap all over internet forums and stuff, and maybe that they probably would have radicalized him way more than he was in this, though. That's the problem. Well, that's what yeah. I was they probably would have made him a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. The internet, you've got all this information at your fingertips, but half of it's bloody fake. And half, you know, you're, yeah. Well, <laughs> you've okay, got, okay, you know, okay. You... Hey, wait a minute. Ninety-eight percent of it is porn. And then half of that 1% or 2% well, is left. how much of that is fake? <laughs> I read a stat on no, those are real people that said 50% <laughs> of it was fake. I made that up. 49% of statistics are made up on the spot, you see. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I thought it was 110% yeah. of statistics are fake. I feel like everything good you can say now, there's a flip side. So, yeah, we've got great medical technology and stuff, but we also have COVID, which is making hospitals completely overwhelmed and shitty. And, yeah. But, like, even back then, like, AIDS was an epidemic, you know? Like, they were living through some fucking tough times back then as well. Okay, so everything sucks and then we die. So, um, moving on um, to something way cheerier. Question 13, what did you think of Prendergast's retirement party? This is bullshit, man. This retirement party is not what cops will be having for a retirement party. These guys bust drug, you know, warehouses and (laughs) and drug dealers' places all the time, man. They would have fountains of cocaine. They would have fountains of cocaine. In the 90s, yeah. That doesn't fucking work. Mounds of cocaine. They would have mounds of cocaine and just, like, as much drugs as they can handle, man. one stripogram, they'd be fucking littered with stripograms. All the prostitutes they've arrested, they'd be like, hey, you want to get out of jail tonight? Here you go. Just do this for us, you know? I mean, I wouldn't want to be tasting that cake, seeing the shitty effort they've put into it. They know how long his name is before you start the icing. <laughs> yeah, and then, some, and then some sweaty dude has ended up on top of that cake. You're not fucking going to eat <laughs> yeah. it after that. Um, I wouldn't have eaten it before. Those cakes are always terrible. Those yeah. mock cream, like, shitty sponge cake. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah. The worst thing about it was, though, that the shitty captain didn't turn up. You know, he could have oh, yeah. turned up for five minutes at the start, said a few generic words, and then pissed off, even if he didn't like him. He was too busy chasing fucking news cop to say, trying to end up on the news. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Venice police didn't solve this. It was actually one of our finest men. <laughs> yeah. Dickhead. What a dick. Fuck you very much. And that moves me over to me. What's stopping you guys from going on a homicidal rampage? I mean, you can take your pick, anything really, like jail, respect for human life, you know? <laughs> Mine was more about jail. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a picky eater. I love to travel. Like, prison for life just doesn't really appeal. Interesting. So you guys would never go on a homicidal rampage? No. I mean, never say never. Okay, because I was going to, what if a bunch of people around you were doing a homicidal rampage? Would you go on a homicidal rampage to try and stop them? So oh, like if I was on the perch. I, I thought you were going to say because of peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is jumping off a bridge, Kahoo. Why won't you? Would you do it? <laughs> no, look, if I was in like The Handmaid's Tale, yeah, I would actually consider going on a homicidal rampage. But okay. in today's society as it is, not quite at that level yet. Depends Especially how. in New Zealand. <laughs> That's you know, exactly like- the type of thing a person that is going to go on a homicidal rampage with sailors. <laughs> yeah. So I've tricked you well, right? Like, yeah. don't think I'm going to at all. I've completely convinced you I'm sane and healthy. There we go. ABC men over in America, <laughs> the FBI, the CIA, all you guys. There you go. <laughs> Listening to this. Liz is never going to go on a homicidal rampage. Wink, wink. <laughs> okay, my next question. This I, I already know the answer, but do you guys reckon that the Whammy Burger waitress was totally DTF for defense? Yeah, I, I yeah. noticed that. Almost immediately. Like, 100%. Even when he pulled out the gun, you know, she was still a bit like, yep. oh, yeah, we'll see where this goes. I think it's just because she's been working with such a wet blanket like Rick for so long. 
Oh, yeah. But we've you know, stopped selling breakfast, sir. Yeah. Anybody with a bit of authority and independence that turns up, she's like, yeah, we'll see. That's yeah, a, I, yeah. I think the question of why is more important here. And I'm going to guess that either she has a thing for flat tops, because that was a hell of a haircut, <laughs> or maybe she's just a sub looking for a dom. I don't know. But yeah, that guy, Rick, like when he can't even... Like he's told to get the meal and they're literally just putting it in his hands as he's holding his hands up in fear. I was like, that <laughs> yeah. was quality. That was amazing, eh? It was a pretty good yeah. scene. I must admit, when, when I saw her get so like excited for him, I was like, yep, she's from the Liz school of what you look for in a man, you know, like a <laughs> strong, confident man that waves his gun around and discharges it early into the roof. You know, that's the type of man. <laughs> Wait, is gun a euphemism here? Oh, because... yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, that is not what I'm looking for. But. Anywho, uh, moves me over to my next question. <laughs> so, last day of uh, work for Prendergast, he's going to be retired, but um, maybe this is an answer to the question, but what trope in this film do you guys reckon should have been retired like Prendergast? I don't think the stripper at retirement parties goes down very well now. No. No, it so doesn't. In a diverse workplace. She definitely doesn't go down anymore, Kahu, no. <laughs> I couldn't believe that when I saw that. I was like, you would never see that now. No. Not, well, you'd hope like not. Strip of and a, all that sort of stuff. Like, you never like see during them. the day in the office yeah. with a whole bunch of women around. I was just like, "Damn, no." Yeah, I mean, you could imagine it still happens in like a out of workplace limited gathering type thing. Yeah, mm. I'm going with like the idea that Prendergast's wife was beautiful, so therefore she had nothing else in her life and she couldn't cope when her beauty went away. I was like, I just don't think. That's so much of a thing now, especially maybe for like celebrities and stuff. But for your average woman, like these days, she'd just have got a job or something. I don't know. Well, we've talked sort of talked about Prendergast's wife. Like she just became a cliche. Like she became the, you know, the nagging wife trope. You better be home for your chicken dinner. You know, it was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And um, I think who was really right, like mental health wasn't portrayed very well through her. Like she was uh, really odd. And I think that was a shame because she had a really good reason to be, you know, have have mental health issues. But, yeah, it was really weird. Yeah, no, it was weird because Prendergast, you know, he, he clearly got it and acknowledged it. Mm. But at the same time, he was sort of like, just leave me alone, you know. <laughs> yeah. I found it really weird when he was, she was like, say it. And he's like, I love you. Like, really sneakily. I was yeah. like, okay, is it really a bad thing for a husband to tell his wife he loves her? Like... Back in the good old 80s where husbands had to hate their wives and that was like mm. 90s stand-up comedian. People are still doing this, but, not, you know, like stand-up yes. comedian. Like, oh, it never goes how much I hate my wife. <laughs> yeah, personal call at work. Like, Why the fuck are you thing. married? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saying that, I thought it was very sweet how he sang to her and got her feeling happier again. I thought that was very sweet. The, the one that did my head in was the fact that, and we see this in Hollywood movies a lot, and Speed comes to mind and Lethal Weapon and all those sort of 90s action films is that, no one within the police force helps each other. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, hey, I figured out this crime. Fuck off, Prendergast, you fucking idiot. Wah, 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 wah. And it's just like, what the fucking shit is this? So I actually did some research. I reached out to a friend of the podcast who, whose partner is a police officer and said, does this happen? And she confirmed that it doesn't. Like, if, if they're all trying to work on a case, they'll all help each other. There might be a bit of internal politics. You know, it's very alpha male. They're trying to get promotions over each other and trying to outdo each other. Mm. But you never get... This like sheer like sabotaging other people's cases, yeah, to try and make yourself. I don't know. Fuck, who knows what they're trying to do? To be honest, yeah, it's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Kahu, your questions. 
Cool. Uh, so my first question is, what would the plot of the film Under Construction look like? Which is I love this question. Which yes. is the title that uh, Michael Douglas's character Defense gives to this kid who thinks he's just filming a movie with a bazooka. And no cameras. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, I want a dude who's been paid off by the city and cops are turning a blind eye to who goes around town blowing up streets every month or so. And eventually some dude gets pissed off that his street gets getting blown up and turns into a vigilante and vows revenge. So it's like, you know, he tries to rise up a man of the people. Like maybe he loses his car or maybe like, you know, his cat dies or dog dies or something is like playing in the street when he gets blown up or something. And he's like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to find the city bomber or whatever the guy is. Civil bomber. There we go. We're going to find the civil bomber and we're going to fucking take him down. Sounds like a, uh, like a defense sequel. In yeah. some ways could be, yeah. Possibly. Nice. I've decided that the man discovers that there's all this construction work going on in a city. He's, he's like, why is there so much they don't seem to be achieving anything? And he finds out it's to create a secret human trafficking route under the city. And so he mm. goes against it all taken style and like blows up different points of it and then like takes down the whole organization. It's not bad. Yeah. Starring Tom things? Hardy and Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> what, what if there's... Uh, Liz's boyfriend. Which one's the good one? I feel like Tom Hardy's the bad guy and Chris Always. Hemsworth's the good guy. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what if there are people that are being trafficked stuck in those pipes when they get blown up? Yeah, I didn't say Chris Hemsworth was smart in my movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got to hand it to it. Like We're talking about that scene. I've got to hand it to it going by Star Wars rules where a, a missile goes straight towards a hole Turns it goes into the <laughs> yeah. hole and turns ninety degrees and yeah. then flies. Yeah, flies. I thought that. Oh, I loved it. Well, he did say was, it was a heat-seeking missile, didn't didn't he? The Nazi guy. Oh, did he? Yeah, oh, but maybe oh. on the oh, I think like firing it into a just into a pipe. Like, what, yeah. what heat is it seeking? I don't know. Giving it two meters yeah. to make up his mind to do something is fucking <laughs> yeah. pretty impractical. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought that too. Okay, my second question. Who is more dangerous, defense or the supply store guy? Toot toot, all aboard the fence again. It's both of them. <laughs> They're both insane. You I mean, have the, to the pick. Nazi guy is way more because he has way more guns, but at least he's kept it together for this long. He's waiting for something to happen, whereas defense is, I don't know, it's, it's kind of like a video game where he levels up his weapons, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I've got a baseball bat. Oh, now I've got a knife. Oh, now I've got a fucking bag full of guns. Oh, now I've got a bazooka. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought it was the the choice between the principled crazy guy or the anarchist crazy guy. Wait, which one's which? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I Michael Douglas, I think, has has kind of his own warped principles in this film, but the other guy. Well, see, like, I think you whatever. can say the other guy has total pro- principles, right? Like he just doesn't like anyone that doesn't look exactly like him and act exactly. <laughs> yeah, he, he's white supremacist slash neo Nazi. Yeah. Like those are his principles. True. Whereas Douglas is definitely a nihilist of like I don't give a fuck about anything. I just yeah. want to see my daughter for my birthday. Yeah, for her yeah. birthday. Yeah, in your face. Um, I went the the <laughs> Nazi guy because I feel like his insidiousness, like he could have caused real damage over a long time. You know, mm. converted people to his way of thinking really traumatized people, that kind of thing. And I mean, if he was around now and his efforts on 4chan would absolutely lead to more extremists, etc. So, mm. yep. yep. He'd be raising red flags. And my final question is, what would a double whammy burger taste and or look like? Uh, it would taste and look the exact same way, which is it would taste and look of minimum wage, sweat, broken dreams and corporate greed. <laughs> nice. I My answer is essentially the same, but it's a day old, Double Whopper Burger. 
that's been flattened by a fucking same thing flattened by a like truck or something i always find them pretty squished you do but when it comes out of there it legitimately looks like they've just fucking hammered it for about five minutes eh? and then gone here you go (laughs) yeah yeah he's right it doesn't look like the picture but i'm intrigued sam uh does this this answer sounds like it would apply to kfc as well hey We can't speak ill of KFC. It's like the one rule yeah. on this podcast. Get the fuck out of my and house. And no eye gouging. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just want to take my daughter there for her birthday, Kahu. <laughs> I'm about to snap. I just want KFC breakfast. Oh, my God. No, I don't. That, that makes my fucking KFC stomach breakfast. <laughs> do they have breakfast? No. No. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> they do open at 9.30 in the morning, which I discovered three Damn. hungover Sundays in a row. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Sam, No. <laughs> There's nothing worse than waking up with a hangover and it's just like, all I can think of about is fried chicken, but it's quarter past nine. <laughs> so ah. you have KFC for breakfast? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, you have not lived. <laughs> I, was like, I can't even finish that. I think yeah. you haven't almost died yeah. until you've tried having KFC <laughs> yeah. for breakfast. I was, was going to say, I also haven't yet died. So <laughs> Yeah. I'm okay with the fact I haven't experienced that. That's Good. an experience I'm quite happy to avoid at it's all not, costs. Not a pleasant one. Not a pleasant no. one. I don't know how I'm still alive today. Anywho, that moves us down to our final question, which, as I mentioned, is a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of our man, Nujvert, aka Jason. You're the fucking man, bro. And his question is, when was the best time for a bathroom break? It's the scenes early on when um, they just keep talking about it being Prendergast's final day. Like, it's, we get it, you know. I'll just pop out then. That that was almost like a like the trope I was thinking about as well. I was like, it's the last day of retirement. And it was funny when when he said that, because Stacey was like, he's going to get shot. And he does. <laughs> he does get shot. Yeah. Gets shot by a water pistol, but he does get shot. <laughs> Mine was just, yeah, most really similar. The printograph scenes were a lot more low-key. And, like, you could miss them without really missing the escalation of the story most of the time. So... Yeah, like most of his wife's stuff as well about how they moved London Bridge to that town in Arizona and stuff like that. There there was that. And then even like the mansion scene, I don't feel added that much more because as we mentioned, there was a moment of self-awareness, but he doesn't end up taking any of them hostage or anything Mm. like that. Like it's sort of a weird segue from, you know, being on the golf course and confronting rich people. And I suppose the only thing he gets out of it was like, look how they reward plastic surgeons, but not me. And Mm. it's like, but at the same time, defense contractor, you must have been getting paid fuckloads. Yeah, yeah it's true, so. actually. Yeah, And that takes us down to the end. Now, we actually threw this out there for a bonus question. We put a poll up on Twitter and asked our Patreons what some of their favorite films are, where a guy just slowly unravels and loses his mind. Well, not necessarily a guy, but the, the main character just loses his shit. And ask these guys for a top three, but you guys can just give me like either your favorite ones or, you know, don't necessarily have to give me one. Yeah, I didn't, didn't spend a massive time on this, but the three... Thanks, that, Kahu! Three, Top quality <laughs> <me either. laughs> The three that popped into my head were uh, Fight Club, uh, The Shining, ah, nice. and Shutter Island. Yeah. I enjoyed Shutter Island. I would argue that... Fight Club? I would argue that Fight Club and Shutter Island have both already lost their minds by the time the movie mm. starts. Oh, yeah, because he starts seeing the guy right away. Yeah, could yeah. be. Um, um, I went... And- <laughs> Thanks, Sam! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I would say your your road's not always a man because my first one I was going to say was Black Swan. Yep. Um, Joker, although again yep. probably he's already lost his mind. And I'm throwing the beach in there. Oh yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. Because by the end, you know, I mean, maybe not quite the end, but towards the end, he's really losing the plot where he's in that video game against the drug lords and stuff. Yeah, yeah great book, pretty average. Um, yeah. Oh, not all right movie sort of thing. Like yeah, 
written by Alex Garland, who also did Ex Machina and like wrote and directed and did Annihilation. Annihilation's not a good film when Ellie Portman loses her mind mm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah, that's a good film. Yeah, I mean, the, the poll options I checked up there were Black Swan, Falling Down, The Shining, and Taxi Driver. And Falling Down, 45% of the vote, The Shining, 30%. And then Black Swan and Taxi Driver both had 12.5% each. Couple of comments was um, Justin Rowe chucked up Anakin Skywalker and Revenge of the Sith, and George Lucas for that matter. <laughs> I like <Justin>. that. <laughs> uh, Paul from the Countdown Podcast, another awesome podcast you guys should all be listening to. Me and Machu will be over there soon. He said probably The Shining because film Twitter will be sad, but I have very fond memories of falling down. LJ Human said both Michael Shannon and Ashley Judd losing it in tandem and Friedkin's bug. That's a fucking awesome pick. Steve from Everything I Learned from Movies, also Patreon. And the right answer, my favourite of a vast collection is the psychological masterpiece that is Vampire's Kiss, starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Zach Dillon said Machinist, Shane said Pie, Dan Reviews Things said Sam Neill losing his mind in Event Horizon. But over to our mates on Patreon, where if you answer the question, we're always going to read out your answers. First of which, Chris Yeeney said Falling Down has been a favourite of mine since I first saw it, but at the same time, I've always loved Taxi Driver and The Shining. Other films I really enjoy in a similar vein include Conspiracy Theory and the often maligned The Number 23. Maybe I have some unresolved issues. We all do, Chris. Yeah, join the club. Yep. Emily Higgins said, does Showgirls count? And yes, absolutely. It always counts, Emily. Our good mate Jason, okay, Nerdrovert, said it's definitely falling down. We all just want a little breakfast. So true. And Justin Rose back again to say that one that may slip under the radar would be The Lawnmower Man, the forgotten film of yesteryear. I remember watching as a kid, Justin, I don't think I've ever seen it since. But I have to throw in Event Horizon as well. I mean, Dr. Weir does go batshit crazy. That is true. Sam Neill completely fucking loses his mind in that film. So there we go. And that does it. Thank you to these two for joining me. Hope you guys had fun. Enjoyed it, did you? Yeah. No, that's a good movie, this one. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, well, good to go back and watch it again because it really stuck with me the first time. So, um, And I hadn't seen it in a long time. I'll just remind our listeners that even if you are getting really frustrated with your lives, please don't take it out on the minimum wage uh, person who is just trying to get through their own day uh, because they can't change Jack and you're being a total dick. Yes, good point. Nice. Good point. Upcoming episodes, I believe the next episode will be The Batman. Following that will be Terminator 2. And then we would potentially have a week off somewhere between those or after those two as we head into Episode 200. Liz is flying. 200. Liz is flying to see us. Liz is going to be live in the studio to do a drunken version of our show where we just ask 20 questions about any movie. Whoever gives the best answer, according to Stacey, gets to stay on or leave the group. We haven't decided which. And the other people do shots. So that's going to be fun. Oh, no. That always ends up being me. (laughs) It's going to be great. And it means that I can actually punch Sam whenever he's being inappropriate for a change. Yay. There you go, listeners. She physically assaults me. You've heard it. FBI men, I mean, the ABC men, come and arrest her. She's already starting. She's already starting to lose her shit. No one cares about it, Sam. They all think it's worthwhile and you deserve it. (laughs) Fuck you, Liz. Fuck you very much. (laughs) Anyway, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In or Movie Reviews In 20Qs on Facebook and Instagram, or just send us an email at mritqs at gmail.com. Anyway, yeah, that's thanks from me. Bye-bye. Bye. And done. Fuck you very much. <laughs>